Hello and welcome to the Susquehanna County Conservation District's Conservation Corner. I'm Don Hibbard. And I'm Courtney Brons. And each week we bring you conservation topics and events around the Endless Mountains. Well, this week, it seems like nature's making the news. So we wanted to take the time to discuss some popular conservation topics that pundits and papers are rolling out as headlines. So you've been following the news at all. You've probably heard about people across the U.S. opening their mailboxes only to find packages or envelopes from China. Once opened, these packages contain seeds of unknown origin. So you get a package of seeds that you didn't order. These seeds are from another country. What do you do? Well, I'm here to say, don't plant them. Why wouldn't you want to plant them? Wouldn't you want to see what was in them or what was going to grow? I think under the worst case scenario, these unsuspecting seeds sprout in the plants. Plants that reproduce at a high rate. Plants that crowd out native plants. Plants that take over agricultural crop fields. These plants could be plants that poison domestic livestock. They could have no pests to balance their numbers. And really, the plants can upend our biodiversity of our native ecosystems that we have across the U.S. So here in Pennsylvania, we have a lot of different types of invasive plants. Can you give us an example? Yeah, there's one that we talked about a couple weeks ago, uh, giant hogweed. Now, when we discussed this plant, uh, we mentioned specifically its sap, but let's go to how many seeds this single plant produces. It actually produces 10,000 to 40,000 seeds per plant. And just those numbers alone, you get the idea of how fast it reproduces. Uh, As I said before, we talked about the sap produced by giant hogweed. Well, it's toxic and it causes photodermatitis. So when the skin is exposed to sap and the sun at the same time, severe skin rashes, blisters, and possibly permanent scarring or staining can occur. Even um, the fact of the matter is when you get the sap in your eyes, it can cause temporary or possibly permanent blindness. And this is just a general example of, you know, what happens when an invasive plant that was planted out of curiosity years ago can come into our country. So we've established if you receive seeds from China or any other foreign country, you should not plant them. So what do you do if you receive them? Well, as you just mentioned, don't plant them. Remember the old saying, curiosity killed the cat. Um, A lot of bad things can happen if you plant those mysterious seeds. But uh, make sure you put them back in the package they came in. And uh, so the third thing you need to remember is report the package to the USDA. They have a hotline that's available. It's uh, 1-800-877-3835. Or there's also an email address. It's sitc.mail at a phis.usda.gov. They'll provide you with further instructions and we'll have this information on the Conservation Corner page for your reference. So if you've been following conservation news at all, you've probably heard of the Great American Outdoors Act. 
And last week, the House passed the Great American Outdoors Act, which is a bill that authorizes billions of dollars in funding for the National Park Service, Deferred Maintenance Backlog, and the Land and Water Conservation Fund. So the bill has now went to the White House and is expected to be signed into law by the president. Is there two components to that act? Yeah, so the legislation includes components from two previous bills, the Restore Our Parks Act and the Land and Water Conservation Fund Permanent Funding Act. So we can talk a little bit about those in a little bit more detail. So the Restore Our Parks Act dedicates $1.3 billion per year for five years to deferred maintenance projects in the National Park Service's nearly $12 million backlog of needed repair work. And this money can be used to help address the most needed infrastructure repairs, such as visitor centers, trails, roads, um, bridges, water and electrical systems, and more. And under this act, $3 billion is also dedicated to the U.S. Forest Service, Fish and Wildlife Service, Bureau of Land Management, and Bureau of Indian Education to address necessary repairs throughout the U.S. public land system. The second one, the Land and Water Conservation Fund Permanent Funding Act, dedicates $900 million annually to conserve our parks and public lands. So agencies such as the National Park Service have used the funds to purchase vulnerable lands within park borders to protect them from residential and commercial development and keep them wild. So Congress created the Land and Water Conservation Fund in 1965, but the program had only been funded once at the $900 million amount that was authorized by legislators. So the Great American Outdoors Act will now allow for the allocation of the full $900 million annually. That's a huge win for conservation, uh, but why don't you give everybody some examples of you know, the kind of maintenance that's needed I mean, on a local level, I know that, you know, a lot of the state parks, uh, the national parks, they've gotten some, some extreme use. And uh, especially over the last, you know, several months of the pandemic going on, people are looking to get outside. But even prior to that, uh, people, you know, they're looking for places to explore. And here's these national parks available to us but not a lot of money being put into the maintenance and upkeep. Um, so, you know, uh, are there some good examples of, of that? Yeah, so I found a few examples actually when I was kind of reading into what this act meant. Um, one of them being at Yellowstone National Park, and that's the Grand Loop and entrance roads. So they're pretty inadequate for current visitor needs, like you said, especially now with the pandemic. So actually more than half of the park's $586 million maintenance backlog is needed for these road repairs. So that's a huge win for them alone. Um, Yosemite National Park in California also has a variety of critical repair needs. They need about $118 million in wastewater plant repairs and upgrades to various projects at popular roads, trails, and campgrounds. As far as land preservation goes, um, a prime example is 470 acres of culturally significant lands at Glacier Bay National Park in Alaska. 
These include two parcels of land that is sacred to the Huna Tinglet people and one island parcel that's surrounded by marine wilderness with the potential for camping, fishing, wildlife watching, and other recreational pursuits. And there's many more across the country too. Those were just a couple examples that really stood out to me. Well, this next topic ties in nicely with the last one. And as we mentioned, you know, green space is up. And according to PBS article in June, park use, which is usually measured in vehicle counters, parking lot capacities, and park official estimates, was actually up 6.6 million visits compared to 5.6 million last year. Of Pennsylvania State Parks, which number over 100, six experienced more than a 100% increase in visitors, which is, that's a substantial amount. An additional 24 parks saw their numbers increase by more than 50%. On a local level, we have Salt Springs right here in this county. And the Friends of Salt Springs is a nonprofit charitable organization that funds and operates the one state park found in Susquehanna County, as well as the adjoining land that they own, all without the financial support from the state. And all donations received go directly to support their mission. So Salt Springs has, you know, they have 15 miles of hiking trails. They have something like 13 buildings. Uh, at least some of those are historic. They have the campgrounds on site. They really have a wide range of habitats. There's the old growth hemlock forest. Uh, they've got the waterfalls. There's three of them there. And there's just a variety of different habitats that you can experience. Uh, and this year, due to the complications of the pandemic, unfortunately, they have decided to cancel one of their biggest fundraisers. And that fundraiser is the Salt Spring Celebration, which you're probably familiar with if you've lived around here for any length of time. It's usually held at the beginning of September. Like I said, they had to cancel it. Um, so Susquehanna County Conservation District's urging you as a listener to help support our local state park. Uh, it's seen an uptick in use, as we mentioned with the pandemic. That's a great place to take your kids swimming, your family hiking. Uh, as I mentioned before, they have a lot of programs available to the public, uh, some of which we have mentioned here on the show. So really just a great organization, and we want to see you help support them at this time in their need. So they do have a webpage specifically for donations. Uh, you can go to their Friends of Salt Springs website, and they have a couple options there to help donate. You can choose by mail, so they have an address available. You can send your check, or if you're more comfortable with paying online, you can do that as well on PayPal. So the Conservation Corner will have those links available for you. And again, we urge you to support Salt Springs at this time. So with that being said, we do have a couple events for you from around the Endless Mountains. On August 1st, 2020, which is this Saturday, Susquehanna Kayak and Canoe Rentals will be hosting a Corn Moon Full Moon Float. And you meet at the kayak shop at 7 p.m. They'll transport you to the launch site. And when you get back, you'll return to a Riverside Bonfire. So they ask that you bring your favorite snack and beverages to enjoy after the float. And reservations are required. 
cost is $50 per kayak, $80 per tandem or canoe, or $25 if you bring your own. They ask that you please bring a flashlight and bag chair for the bonfire as well. So for more information, you can call 570-388-6107. On August 6th, Wyoming County Chamber of Commerce is hosting an after-hours paddle. That's also at Susquehanna Kayak and Canoe Rental in Falls. And they're meeting at 4.30 at White's Ferry Launch, where they'll transport you to Tunkhannock and you'll begin your paddle. Cost is $25 per kayak, $50 per tandem or canoe, or $20 to bring your own. And you can pre-register through Wyoming County Chamber at wyccc.com. And on August 8th, Salt Springs State Park is hosting Archery for Beginners. And this is the fourth of their five summer archery programs. It's a beginners program based on the National Archery in the Schools program. They provide the equipment and all ages are welcome. It's taught by Diane Hollyworth and she's a National Archery in the Schools program certified instructor. The fee is $5 per person or $15 per family. All right. Well, I guess that does it for today's show. If you have any questions related to our shows, you can contact the Conservation District by calling 570-782-2105. If you missed a portion of today's show, you can go to our website, www.suscondistrict.org, and find our Conservation Corner page with past episodes, links to information about past episodes, and a contact form where you can reach out and ask questions or you can make comments about the show. You can even suggest ideas for future shows. You have been listening to the Susquehanna County Conservation District's Conservation Corner. I'm Courtney Bronze. And I'm Don Hibbert saying, enjoy the outdoors.